0: The Catholic Channel on Sirius XM 129 presents
1: America This Week, a smart Catholic take on faith and culture with Father Matt Malone and Carrie Weber. Hello, you are listening to America This Week, a smart Catholic take on faith and culture. I'm Ashley McKinless, and I'm sitting in for Father Matt Malone.
0: And I'm Carrie Weber, Executive Editor for America, and each week we offer you the news and analysis from the intersection of the church and the world gathered by our team at America Magazine. And Jim... Keen is here with us today, who is one of our senior editors. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Kurt. I did not almost just forget your name. (laughs) (laughs) We're very glad to have you, Jim.
1: It's all right. Matt one time introduced me as Father Jim Keen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you're you're a holy man, so we'll go with it. Uh, So speaking of holy men, later in the show, we will be talking with Father James Martin about Advent uh, and about uh, Joseph, another holy man, part of the Holy Family. and a little bit about uh, just the theme the spiritual themes around advent. Advent is focused on preparation for Christmas, but what Christmas means has sort of broadened to a degree that it might mean our preparation solely involves going on Amazon to buy things. Yeah, and, and it's so sad we because we need
2: to refocus. It. Yeah, and advent, I mean, particularly the readings are incredible at advent. And so I often try to counsel people who are overwhelmed by the Christmas stuff just just sort of do fewer things and focus on the readings. I mean, the, you know, the stuff from Isaiah and you know, even today's reading is beautiful with uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth, and so it, Advent is kind of like the the sad, forgotten liturgical season because it's it's overwhelmed by, you know, holiday crap. <laughs> <I can> <laughs> but but it doesn't have to be right. Charm. Like,
0: what can we do uh, to kind of make ourselves more present to it?
2: I would say do less. Uh, so send out fewer Christmas cards, go to fewer Christmas gatherings, uh, watch fewer Christmas even Hallmark specials on TV. I know you're a big fan of that.
0: No, it wasn't me. I yeah, okay. it, one of our I've never even seen one. One of our staff members like. You've
2: likes never them. seen a Hallmark Christmas special? No. Maybe not you, even you Christmas should, shoes? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not anti okay, them. Okay, for you I would say then see one. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> against no, I, I think just just I'm do, just do not... less. Do less uh and you know it might be hard for people who are feeling lonely because they might not have as much, you know, on their plate but You know, try not to get us overwhelmed by the Christmas stuff and, you know, focus a little bit more on the Advent readings and take more time to to pray and prepare for Mm -hmm. Christ entering your heart in a new way.
0: One of the themes in um, one of your reflections for your examine podcast uh, was about Joseph, who is a figure who features prominently sort of during Advent uh, in the lead up to Christ's birth and then sort of drops off the radar for (laughs) much of the rest of the after Jesus's childhood. Can you talk about uh, the role of Joseph? in scripture and in our spiritual life.
2: Yeah, well, Joseph, is, I say that he's the forgotten man of Advent and Christmas, and it's true. Most of the Christmas uh, cards you get will be Mary and Jesus. Uh, and Joseph, of course, has no lines to speak in the whole New Testament. He's given nothing. And he disappears after the, the hidden life of Jesus, the time between 12 and 30. So we can presume that he died uh, it's also, I always like to invite people to think about this that Jesus would have seen his father die or his foster father die during his life. And so that's, that's often an entree for people into Jesus' life. But he does something very uh, extraordinary with his ordinary life, which is to I love to quote the Jesuit theologian John Hoy, which is to help fashion Jesus into, quote, the instrument most needed for the world's salvation. So he, you know, he would have taught Jesus, uh, you know, probably a lot about the faith, you know, his, his Jewish faith. He would have taught him what it meant to work. He would have taught him, taught him what it meant to be at that point a a good man, right? Uh, we're kind of a patriarchal culture at that point, so he does something really beautiful in that hidden life. And and for a lot of people, Joseph is kind of the patron of that hidden life. You know, most of our lives are pretty ordinary. People don't see what we're doing, and you know, we don't know what Joseph did at all, right? I mean, we know a little bit, but he's a tecton, he's a carpenter, and so. He's this kind of patron of this kind of quiet, simple, hidden life, and I really, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Joseph, and I think also he was, unfortunately, he's portrayed as like sixty or seventy years old, you know, when he, he's, he probably was in his twenties. Mary might have been like fourteen or fifteen, and so, it's this young guy, you know, tra- tasked with. Wait, where, where does that thing.
0: discrepancy come from?
2: Well, <laughs> what happens is, because uh, I wrote about this in my book, My Life with the Saints. You know, Mary is, we believe, perpetually virgin. And so to make sure that there's not even a hint of a kind of sexual attraction between Mary and Joseph, he's made a very, very, very old man. I mean, not as if, you know, as if old men can't, you know, be sexually attracted to women. Right. But that's a kind of distancing, right, of, of, of old Joseph and young sort of Virginal Mary and that's what's happened and we have this image of you know he wasn't 60 or 70 years old first of all people didn't live past their 40s you know really at that time he was probably a you know a young guy he might have been married before because we hear about Jesus's brothers and sisters so I always picture you know Mary's probably 14 15 Joseph's probably 21 22 but huh. yeah I mean the, the the image that you're talking about is, is basically through art through kind of Renaissance art and that's not that's probably not the way it was
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah,
2: yeah. So think of him as like this young guy who's, you know, who has this dream and is told, you know, your wife, this crazy thing has happened to your wife. And my favorite thing about Joseph, the short portrait in the Gospels is when they say, I think it was the reading yesterday, uh, Joseph being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. And so even before he has the, the dream with the angel, he's a nice guy, <laughs> which is really pretty. You know, he's he's a nice guy. He doesn't want to... So it's a nice little sort of short portrait of this guy just in a sentence.
0: Right? right? Yeah, that says a lot. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he is portrayed in stained glass windows as a carpenter is a great evangelizing tool for my two-and-a-half-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> He's
2: like, look at Joseph, Joseph,
0: hammer, he has tools, blah, blah, blah. Gets very excited at the church.
2: Now, here's something cool. So the New Testament uh, Greek word is tekton, T-E-K-T-O-N, and we translate it, you know, carpenter. A lot of people say it's probably more accurately translated as... Sort of day laborer, construction worker. Hmm. And so he would have probably built, you know, there aren't a lot of trees in Nazareth, and there aren't a lot of trees for, you know, carpentry work for 200 people, which is how big Nazareth was. So he would have probably been like digging ditches and, you know, being a mason and, you know, building homes. And so. Kind of doing, uh, you know, construction work, and that right instead right. of like you know having his like Sears Craftsman tools. on We his think of him. Headboard. I think it's
0: sort of like making artisanal tables yeah, or something. Exactly. Like, That's this right.
2: That's right. Like know, I made okay. a I made a three hundred dollar cigar box. Right. right? <laughs> no, he's probably like you know putting up a, a stone wall.
1: Yeah, I've seen uh, a really beautiful uh, images or icons, I guess you would call them, recently that um, depict the Holy Family as kind of like recent immigrants. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we would consider day laborers today Um, and i found those very moving
2: yeah there's one called jose y maria um, Mm -hmm. where they're they're kind of two young hispanic uh man and a woman also it's interesting that you know in the flight into egypt right after um uh, the birth of jesus joseph has this dream saying that herod is going to come after your your child uh they're refugees uh they they you know they don't cross a an official border but the U.N. definition of refugee is someone who's fearing a well-founded, fleeing a well-founded uh, threat of persecution, which is them. And they go into Egypt. And so they're refugees. And the, and the word that is used by the angel is take refuge in Egypt. And so, yeah, they're they're young working family. Um, they're uh, refugees. They're kind of like a lot of people today that we right. tend to not have room for.
0: It's a good, it's a very good reminder. Yeah. Um,
2: Big Joseph fan.
0: Yeah, as we are try to serve as the modern day innkeepers of sorts, to deciding who comes and goes.
2: Well, yeah, you know, the bishops uh, yesterday were talking about that um, little girl who died, a Jacqueline Call, and uh, they talked about how sad they were, but also they said, in this time of uh, Christmas, you know, we have to look at the people for whom there is no room, right? You know, just like Joseph and Mary couldn't find room at the inn.
1: Yeah, I also I. Reading your or listening to your reflection on Joseph, I it prompted me to think about my own father in a different way because I don't know, like I whenever I think about faith influences in my life, it's very easy to point to my mom as like the one who gave me my faith. She works for the church, and I have memories of her taking me. And my father is also a man of very strong faith, but I've I've never really paid attention Mm. to it in the way it's influenced me, Um, and. So I, I was appreciative oh, to like nice. look at that and be like, oh, yeah, my dad was, you know, he's he's not Catholic, he's Protestant, but he was with us at mass every mm. single week. Wow. Um, and just, you know, like, and I think that's a very important, you know, thing as a child, seeing both of your parents there and that he continues to do that. i I think I underappreciated that a little well, that's bit. Nice. Like people well,
2: and you know, it's like, how does one teach, right? Mm-hmm. One can teach in different ways, and just by showing up and being there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, there are a lot of kind of. I mean, it's a stereotype. Maybe it's a sexist stereotype, but there are a lot of kind of quiet fathers in that way, mm-hmm. right? Who just kind of do their thing and joseph i think is you know joseph is a patron saint of fathers too and houses and carpenters and like 30 other italians (laughs) italians and joseph right
1: (laughs) i also like the way i mean you just take these little words in the gospels and you can see that there might be different personalities at work so mary ponders things joseph dreams things you know, a couple that have distinct ways of sort of getting inspiration or like, you know, dealing with their own reality.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, Mary, that's a great, like that image of Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. Uh, and, and, and that's that's the kind of life that she has to lead because we, we wonder if between uh, the visitation of the angel or the annunciation by the angel uh, and the wedding feast of Cana, which is, you know, 30 years later, did she ever really have any sort of miraculous experiences right and Mm -hmm. she's she has to sort of think about this for those times and joseph does the same thing i mean you know it's funny um someone said that joseph is very much like the you know he the angel comes to him in a dream and it's similar to joseph in the old testament right Right. the patriarch who himself you know has a dream and so yeah it's a a beautiful thing to think about them as as wondering about these things and also talking about them Mm -hmm. i mean they would have certainly however we imagine those experiences to happen they would have talked about it. And they would have probably talked about them with Jesus. There's a great line from a book called To Know Christ Jesus by F.J. Sheed, where he says, why do we imagine the Holy Family so, I love this, tight-lipped with one another. Right. <laughs> you know, Mary's going to talk about the Annunciation with Joseph and with Jesus. And Joseph's going to talk about his dream with, you know, right. with Jesus. Pack your bags. I had a dream That's last night. That's right. Yeah, right. What? <laughs> and, and so that, in a, in a way, you're actually talking about him teaching. That, that influences Jesus, too. I mean, just what he knows about his uh, mother and his foster father would have influenced how he understood his own vocation.
0: Now that's fascinating because mm. I think you, I think it's very easy to think of these um, figures as people who said the words in the gospel right. and then like in between right. that never Nothing. said anything right. else like
2: joseph just literally didn't speak <laughs> yeah, for the right. entire marriage yeah, exactly. that was it. he just went around right.
0: silently being strong
2: <laughs> yeah and you know they had real lives you know and right. ironically the hidden life of jesus you know 12 to 30 that's six times longer than his public ministry uh, right. the, the longest estimate is three years that's a long time so most of the time he's a carpenter he's not the preacher and healer that's that and and that's what he's, in, in some of the Gospels, he's referred to as the carpenter more than the rabbi. Right, so, right, yeah, you know, right. we forget that. Now, Joseph, of course, is, I just read recently on uh, the other day that Joseph had a hard, I think someone put this on my Instagram feed. I put a picture of St. Joseph and they said, Joseph had a hard life because imagine having to sit across the table every day from two perfect people. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah,
0: it's going to be tough. I mean, but you know what that's like, <laughs> sitting with us Oh, theory. that's right.
2: Yeah, three perfect people. Yeah, so exactly. inadequate.
1: Um, so, Jim, you, are, you host a podcast called The Examine, um, and you host it all year round, and it, you do a guided meditation or prayer, um, but during the season of Advent, we're focusing on the Advent readings. Um, and last week, you had an episode called um, What Do You Desire This Advent?, and you say that Advent is about desire. What do you mean by that?
2: Well, I'm actually quoting a uh, Jesuit who uh, used to, he's, he's died now, but he used to start off every Advent with that. He had a Philly accent, so he would say, Advent is about desire. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know, what is he talking about? But, you know, it dawned on I me, and as I say in this um, reflection on the daily Examine, that, uh, you know, Advent is about expectation, it's about waiting, it's about the coming of Christ. Uh, and so many, so much of the readings are focused on that, right? Um, and Jesus is called, one of the most beautiful terms for Jesus is the desire of the nations, which I just love, mm-hmm. or the desire of the everlasting hills, which was the title of a book that came out a couple of years ago. And uh, I talk about the, 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 the need for us to understand desire as a constitutive part of the spiritual life. Now, we tend to think of desire as selfish, right? I want a new PC, I want a new phone, something like that. But... Our deep desires, really, and the deepest desire is our desire for for God, right? That great Augustine quote, our hearts are restless until they rest in you, you know, are put there by God. So that's the way that God kind of awakens our spiritual lives. And, you know, when people are listening to this um, radio station, there's a desire to kind of connect with God and to sort of understand about the church. Where does that come from? Well, it comes from God. So Advent, I think, is a good time to be conscious of our desires, to be conscious of the importance of desire in the spiritual life, and to quote Saint Ignatius, to pray to understand our desires. That's a great part of the exercises, uh, to pray, literally pray to understand and to have revealed our desires. Yeah, because
1: I, I, you know, it desire doesn't have to be selfish. Sure. It would be. It, it's easy to fall into that. Mm-hmm. So I think it takes takes some discernment to <laughs> realize which well, desires right, are exactly we're pursuing. Right.
2: My <laughs> deepest desire is for a new phone. But also, you know, Ashley, uh, it, it's often conflated with sexual desire, and so people get all worried about, oh, what are mm-hmm. you talking about desire? Well, there's lots of like, different kinds of desire, mm-hmm. and you know, sexual desire is not so bad. If we without it, we wouldn't be here. But yeah, the the deep desires of our hearts are really what Ignatius asks us to kind of pray about, and Advent's a good time to sort of think about that kind of stuff.
0: And you mentioned in this reflection also the O antiphons and the, mm. the ways in which the desire um, comes through in those scripture readings. Can you tell us a little bit about the O antiphons?
2: Yeah, the O antiphons are the antiphons uh, that, that start off the Mass. I think between, I'm terrible with, with numbers. For the, the uh, certain number of days before Christmas, and they've started, you know, a root of Jesse, right? O seed of wisdom. And the the O is U, right? So it's not O O H, it's it's O U, and they are expressing, you know, a lot of the traditional names for the Messiah, and expressing Israel's desire uh, for the Messiah to come. And they're very beautiful. They're they're set to music um, often, and it's a way again of of praying with the, the churches. Uh, you know in a sense expression of that desire I mean Christmas is really interesting because I you know I always love you know well the I said mass last night in our community and it's like oh you know we're expecting the coming of Christ and I always smile and I think you know G- Jesus is already here right? right he's been born he lived he died he's risen from the dead but to get in touch with the the continuing desire for Christ to enter into our lives in a right. new way you know I I always say to people, like even on Good Friday, he's risen from the dead, right? But it's a kind of it's kind of reenactment, representation, in a sense, representation of those those same desires.
0: And now, the oh, antiphons they also sort of translate into those uh, symbols that go on the Jesse tree, mm-hmm, right? They're mm-hmm. related, which is something that seems to me to be a uh, underutilized thing to uh, to experience Advent with. You mm-hmm. know, like the way in which we often pass by Advent to get to Christmas. Yeah, we could this could be something maybe you want to talk about the jesse tree at all uh no because i know jesse very tree? little about it yeah
2: you want to talk about the jesse tree what is on. the jesse tree <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: like a stick in the church
2: all of our readers <laughs> all of our listeners are calling in now you know what this right?
0: <laughs> no they have little symbols that go with each O yeah, oantivon right. and then You're you pretty. hang them up mm-hmm. uh, in the days preceding christmas to represent each of those names of god in the scripture and it's like a really lovely thing that just like I remember from like our parish when I was a kid, and then, like never saw again. And it seems like it should be something that it should would be I be embraced, mean it, yeah, it's but, similar too in
2: terms of yeah, no, it's it's I think it's a it's a kind of grounding of advent in in these sort of the in the O Antiphons and in these um you know kind of Hebrew uh, these rich kind of Hebrew um, names, you know, for the Messiah. But you're right, it's also a way of kind of marking Advent. It's like an Advent calendar without chocolate. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you're right, I think Advent, we tend to go from Thanksgiving right into Christmas, and I think, unfortunately, our secular culture encourages us to do this. So yeah, frankly, I mean, doing the readings, you know, having a Jesse tree, Praying the O Antiphons. Anything that you can do to kind of pause and center yourself in Advent is worthwhile. Because
0: I've always really loved Advent calendars. And one of my mom's um, friends, who was this little old lady who passed away in recent years, but with, for years from when we were kids through college would send us an it's Advent nice, calendar every beautiful. year. And it was such a sweet yeah. um, way of thinking of us, and we always loved them. Uh, but not often they had you know, some religious-related mm-hmm. thing. But I have seen in recent years that Advent calendars oh. are have gone like completely oh, yeah. crazy. It's just yeah. like a chocolate a day, and I, I've <laughs> yeah, seen people no. saying like, "Hey, where can I get an admin calendar? Parentheses, no religion, please. Like yeah. specifically, like <laughs> I, I don't want the religious ones. I want find. the like the chocolate ones or the wine ones or the whatever it is, uh, which
1: you know is or the American Media Digital <laughs> yeah, Advent <that's> right. Calendar." <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, sent yeah. my,
2: I sent my uh, 13-year-old nephew one. I send him one every year, and I try very hard to get a, a religious one. You know, it's, it's, it's easy with Amazon. and
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: And so he likes, believe it or not, lint chocolate, L-A-N-D-T.
0: I believe it. I yes. believe it. Yeah, I believe it. Right. And so I thought I found a
2: religious advent calendar with lint chocolate. That's the best of both worlds. Yeah, wow. it's perfect. So it was like 20 <laughs> bucks, so I sent it to him. Yeah. So I got a text. It was so funny. He said, dear Uncle Jim, thank you so much for the advent calendar. Uh, Matthew, love Matthew. Uh, next line. It was a mix of milk chocolate, white chocolate, and dark chocolate. Next <laughs> Advent, I would prefer. Uh, <laughs> <chocolate>. <laughs> I thought, smoking could like he, a true 13-year-old. Did he go through and eat
0: the whole thing already? No, he,
2: you know, but it's But maybe said, a few days
0: ahead of time. Yeah, he just yeah, he was. Labels. He didn't
2: like, as he called it, vanilla chocolate. He didn't like that. That's <laughs> you know what, yeah, what de- he wants. It's all <laughs> about That's desire. Really. Desire, right. <laughs> That's his deepest desire right now. You
1: know what our, our discussion of the old antimons reminded me of is that the old America magazine headquarters, America House, it was attached to the Jesuit community. And in the elevator, there was a list of the men who lived in the house. And at one point, I was in the elevator with Father Matt Malone, and I looked at it, and it, the top of the list said, O'Brien, O'Brien,
2: O'Donovan, O'Hare, O'Keefe, O'Toole, <laughs> and Father Matt says, yes, these are our Enterprise <laughs> There was a Jesuit, um, I worked in East Africa for two years, and all of the... Luo names, which is an ethnic group, start with O, Odiambo, Oquello, things like that. There was this Irish Jesuit there, and his name was, of course, Sean O'Connor. He was the most Irish person you could ever imagine. And people would say, where are you from? he would say, I'm a Luo. I'm from that's (laughs) O'Connor. (laughs) <laughs>
0: oh, my gosh. Uh, well, Jim, do you have any Advent traditions that you have from, like, growing up or anything like that?
2: Well, I did not grow up in a very religious family, so right. Advent was not a <laughs> big deal for us. Uh, but, you know, honestly, as I get So I'm turning 58 in a couple of weeks. Uh, as I get older, I do uh, fewer things around Christmas time, honestly. I don't go to I mean, I, I'm, it's not like I'm like preventing from myself from going to Christmas parties, but I turn down a lot of invitations. I try not to get sort of wrapped up into things. I don't buy a lot of gifts. I mean, that's, you know, vowed poverty helps with that. But I try to pray more, and I really enjoy it. I really, really love the Advent season. I just, there's something about those readings, especially the book of Isaiah, you know, about the desert, uh, you know, sort of blooming and the dry lands exalting and all that. So I I try to pray more. That's that's my Advent. I try to pray more. Yeah.
0: I was very moved by. some of last Sunday's reading and this this idea of you know the peace that surpasses all understanding, uh, yeah. um, and I was because th- I was trying to think about it. Is it? Do, I mean, maybe this is up for interpretation. The, so when we talk about Christ's peace that surpasses all understanding, does it does it mean that? I will have peace despite the fact that I won't understand, like, why? Yeah. <laughs> or is it Christ's peace? I can't possibly understand it, but it will come to me. Is it all it's of those more, things? Well, Where is this actually, peace coming from, and how do I get it? Well, there's an
2: old joke. There was a Jesuit that used to, you know, the blessing, may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, descend upon you and remain with you forever. There was a Jesuit we knew who was kind of full of himself, and so when he would say that blessing, we would say under our breaths, May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, we'd say, even mine. <laughs> but, you know, what it is is, is shalom, which is what Jesus is, is offering people, is different than just the cessation of violence. So the shalom that Jesus offers is not just no violence, which is what we think of as peace, like, okay, everybody's okay. It's um, the highest level of fulfillment for every person. That's the mm. idea. And so shalom is the state where all of us have reached our potential. We're all happy. We're all fulfilled, which is more than peace, right? And so that's, in a sense, why it surpasses all understanding. It's, it's a peace that, that is so beautiful and so wonderful and so full that, that it surpasses what you can imagine. That's the idea, the, the peace that surpasses human understanding. And that's why I love in the Mass where it says, people usually, well, some priests, like zip through it, you know, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. It's peace I leave you my peace i give you and my right. peace this shalom is different than the peace that the that's what but then the world gives which is just no war no jesus's peace is you know it is that lion lying down with the lamb and so you know the old joke the lion will lie down with the lamb but the lamb won't get much sleep <laughs> <laughs> so it, it is so that it is that great shalom right uh, where the lamb more, gets sleep yeah right, exactly <laughs> Right.
0: That is absolutely fabulous. Uh, well, thank you, Jim. My pleasure. I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah.
2: Happy Advent.
0: Thank you very much. Um, now, do you have any Advent traditions, or Ashley and Jim? I.
1: Fighting with my siblings about who gets to light the candle every night was one that sticks out. <laughs> See, Sh- we always fought,
2: fought,
1: fought over who got to blow them out. Yeah, but yeah, all oh, right, yeah, on either side of that. <laughs> Thankfully, so it was, there was only real peace and the fourth week of Advent because there's four siblings and four candles, so we all got one.
0: <laughs> yeah, that third week's got to be
1: dicey where yeah. there's just one left out. Yeah. No. What did you do? Did, um was it like my older brother wasn't around so, <laughs> that much.
2: All so. right, so it's all right. <laughs> well I love the idea of Gal Day taste under you're like yeah. fighting each other. You
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I chocolate Advent calendars. But I really do I love Advent and I always I don't know, I, I love I think Christmas Eve is my favorite mm-hmm. um holiday because it you you still have that expectation and anticipation. And not that Christmas always like (laughs) but it it it, once it's over you do kind of i'm always left with kind of like empty feeling that i don't that i just during advent you can still like have the have the expectation and hope and waiting that i really yeah christmas
0: eve does have like a really lovely quality to it where it's just like it i don't know it, it it sort of has that element that father jim was talking about this sort of like Christ has been is there, but not yet there. You know, mm-hmm. like you feel. I, I feel like that's when I feel both that react that both and that reality most uh, intensely. Is like I know mm-hmm. this has already happened, and I know it's about to happen, and I know it's happening again every day in a sense. And it's just really beautiful. Yeah. Also, we often go to um Christmas Eve Mass at the cathedral in downtown Springfield, where I'm from, and the bishop hands out candy at the end. So mm-hmm. it brings all of the good <laughs> things together.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Well. Everyone in America knows my Christmas Eve tradition, which is going to the children's mass, the 5 p.m. mass, Christmas Eve, and then going to IHOP, uh, which I've done every year of my life, except the year I was in Rome for Christmas, and all the kids were very disappointed that the International House of Pancakes was was not- Not so
0: international.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Very much the National House
2: of Pancakes.
0: That's amazing. We always watched Christmas Eve on Sesame Street um, as a family tradition, which is- like long long after it was appropriate for like 3 you know kids who were then like teenagers <laughs> mm-hmm. then college students to watch it but now we all have kids so it's become like useful again we-
1: Just in the past five years, my family started Christmas caroling on Christmas Eve, like around the neighborhood, which like, is kind of, oh, I I guess that music means it's time for us to go. (laughs) It's
2: a Christmas carol.
0: So for more on Ashley's Christmas caroling, you'll have to go to her house. For (laughs) us here uh, at America, we wish you all a wonderful and blessed uh, Advent season and a beautiful Christmas season as well. Thanks for listening, as always. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Advent from all of us to all of you.
2: 129.